my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host and very good friend is Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, you picked an absolute corker, and uh, it's actually been on my list in the background, and so we've talked about from the start of this podcast, but we're going back to 1988. It's a Tom Hanks, one of his, well, most probably successful movies, even now, even though he's done some others, he's probably one of his most famous, especially one of the scenes, uh, and it is called Big Dave, so I know it's a long time ago, and it's, bloody hell, what is it, 36 years ago nearly, but do you remember seeing this for the first time? And not to age us both, Dave, but yeah. Yes, definitely. Well, Chris, I, I don't... I can't say I remember the first time, but I remember watching this over and over again. Got this out early on, I seem to remember, when you know it came out on video. So it would have been about 89. It originally came out of the cinemas, 88. Chris, in 1989, I'd have been 13. This movie was literally made for me. And all the other fuckers who were born in the same year, but uh, but mainly for yeah. me. <laughs> but it was one of those. I just felt it spoke to me, you know. It just it just hit because you you are at that point in your life where you you feel you feel like you're grown up now, you know. And and you can look down at people who are younger than you and go, well, you know, you're you're kids, but you know, I'm not. Because I'm 13, I'm a teenager now, you know, so it, it's kind of like, and, and some of the things that happen later on in this, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> those are also, oh yeah, I'd like that to be me, um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get on to some of those things, but yeah, just, uh, I absolutely love this movie, and if we talk about big hitters from the uh, from the 80s, no pun intended, but you know, you, you've got to have this on your list, haven't you? It's got to be one of the most iconic movies that's out there. Uh, th- things like the, well, the, the Zoltar machine, the, the walking piano. There's so many iconic bits um, that, that are just in pop culture now. But how about yourself, Chris? Yeah, you know what, Dev? I, I've been thinking about this. You know, we always do. It's something that we've both seen or enjoyed when we were younger. So I've been about 10 when this came out. So again, like you say, it's our perfect sweet spot. And I think I probably watched it early 90s, I think, maybe. Maybe 80. It depends, doesn't it? I don't think we ever rented it. I was probably too engrossed in Martin Riggs and his psycho pension <laughs> from Lethal Weapon at this point. But I remember seeing it probably early 90s. And yeah, I just loved it. I think I think it was one of the movies, a bit like Back to the Future. You know, I'd, I remember going to watch an absolute rip-off version of this in uh, Vice Versa with Judge Reinhold, and because he was, it's Billy out of Beverly Hills Cop, <laughs> but I can't remember a lot about it. I just remember it was father and son ended up swapping, so it was a slightly different take on this. But it, the premise was pretty similar. I remember watching it at the cinema. But yeah, th- th- this is just one of the iconic things. And I think more than anything for me, the one thing that always sits for me was the fact that. He nails a woman when he's 13, Dave, which we need to talk about when we get into it. And also, <laughs> we sound so wrong when I say it now, but and then also, uh, <laughs> the piano. The piano scene's just iconic. I always wanted to go on that piano, and I know 
it isn't the stuff that store's not sort of real in the show but the, the actual piano was actually there for a long time in new york but i never actually got to have a go at it which i've seen them since but that's one of the things growing up is to think i need to have a go at that so yeah so i'm really looking forward to this one <laughs> Can, can, right, here we go though. <laughs> can, can you actually play the piano? <laughs> because the the whole scene is is like you know they they they've done piano lessons, so they know the patterns of play. I imagine oh, right. that if that thing was right there in the middle of a <laughs> in the middle of a toy store, you know, most people would be like, dun, 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 and they just sound shit. <laughs> No, listen, listen to me, right? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm fucking Mozart or anything, but there's no way that nobody can not play Chopsticks, Dave. Come on, we're pretty... Cl- I can't play the start of him, but I can play the... I'll lose it when he goes... Then we'll lose it then, Dave, but I can do that bit. My dad taught me um, one that you just play on like the black keys, and it was like a did 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 You ever heard that? No. Don't make me carry on. Honestly, it's it's just using the black keys, and it's a really easy sort of pattern to know. So probably I I would venture towards that if I come across the. Walking piano, so to speak. Well, I think I, I can't. I can't not say what I'm about to say, Dave. Go on, go on. As a wise man and great man once said, a "Bit racist." <laughs> Don't be pulling out the David Brentisms on me. Yeah. <laughs> If you've not watched The Office, that's it. <laughs> then it'll be lost on you. But yeah, I had to say it. Sorry. Oh, dear. Oh, but, yeah, I, I, I question if... You know, think of the poor store workers as well. You know, yeah. you had this walking piano. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Actually, though, Chris, I have to say... Whenever I go to St Pancras uh, Station or, or by just by King's Cross, which is a bit more famous internationally for Harry Potter stuff, they've got pianos in there, and there's yes. always some smart-ass fucker there. Like, in fact, multiple of them. They've got multiple pianos, and there's someone who's fucking shit up playing away on the piano. So, but I'm like, don't you have somewhere to be? Like, do you yeah. literally, do, do you get the train here and just like, oh, I've been practicing piano for 10 years, I'm going to, you know, do a, <laughs> do a gig, Chris, I'm, I'm going to, you know, come here, all the commuters will stand around and worship me, but I, I don't know, genuinely, like, there, there are always loads of people, like, really, really good at playing piano in there. You know what, it's funny you say that, I watch them on TikTok, there's one guy who, who's got... Oh, Dave, he's got the worst haircut ever. He's got like a, a, a Liam Gallagher, like proper haircut. You know, when he had it like past his ears, but he's about mm. 60. He dyes it black. Unbelievable p- pianist. He goes in pubs as well and plays them. And he likes six. So he does a lot of the, you know, the rock and roll stuff and that as well. But he'll do different mm-hmm. things and he'll, he'll play them. 
And then there's another guy who pretends to be a worker in a high-vis jacket. The most, the cleanest high-vis jacket you've ever seen, Dave. Phenomenal. <laughs> and then they both play together as well. And there's a young um, Asian kid who's phenomenal. He's about 12 and he, he's obviously some sort of master, you know, absolutely prodigy uh really really good really good so i, I do it's one of them instruments dave i'd love to have learned to play it but there is no way that i had the attention span and uh, i remember working in sheffield station dave building and installing big digital panels it's near christmas about five years ago pianos there what does chris do get us up dave just too unlimited you'll need three keys for that dave remember the old song for the night <laughs> yeah bloke come up straight after dave and play some fucking proper classical piece of shit and the lads were crying we're right in front of him drilling and he's just he's just he's not being cocky or he's not like playing like bohemian rhapsody which a lot of them do at the train stations but he just he comes along and he just plays some dead elegant and all the lads is just ripping the fuck out of me there me being dead cocky <laughs> okay I look like a right knobhead but I, I do respect when I mean, you it's like you playing the bass and the guitar you're so good and it's like i've never had the attention span properly to, to to learn and play it so when especially a pianist as well you're on a different level that's always like elton john everyone takes the piss and that but to play and sing like the way he does is unbelievable so yeah i've got so much respect for that uh instrument dave as i have my own instrument which has got nothing to do with big dave so shall we get into the trailer let's go For Josh Baskin, life was a little unfair. Until he made a little wish. I wish I were big. Sweetheart, it's 7.30, are you up? Josh! 20th Century Fox presents... Tom Hanks. Ah! Big. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. So now what? You get a job. You cannot get a job. I play with all of this stuff, and then I tell them what I think. And they pay you for that? Suckers! Vice President, he's only been here a week. See that girl over there in the red? Short up her legs around you so tight, you'll be begging for mercy. Well, I'll stay away from her then. I loved your ideas on the squeezy doll line. Thanks. What were you like when you were younger? Go oh, well, I wasn't much different. Ejectors! Who are you? I'm his girlfriend. I wanna spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Yeah. Okay. But I get to be on top. What is so special about Baskin? He's a grown-up. How do I feel about what? How do you, how do you feel about me? You're only young once. This is important! I'm your best friend. What's more important than that, huh? But for Josh... I miss my family, Susan, and I want to go home. Oh, my God, you're married! It just might last a lifetime. You'll never forget Tom Hanks. It's Beluga. In big. What were you like when you were younger? Go well, I wasn't much different. 
12-year-old Josh Baskin is told he is too short for a carnival ride called the Superloops while trying to impress a girl. Dejected, he inserts a coin into an antique fortune teller machine called Zoltar and makes a wish to be big. It dispenses a card saying your wish is granted as Josh discovers the machine has been unplugged the entire time. Now Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Oh, no, but you went all Big Brother at the end, then, Tim. Dear yeah. 41. Um, um, Day 106 <laughs> in the VHS house. Chris is still going on about his fucking shoulder injury. But anyway. Uh, no, you know what, though? It's funny with this, because I don't think I've seen this for... God, it must be 20-odd years, at least. I've seen it a few times, oh, wow. definitely. Yeah, I, I, maybe maybe it isn't that long, but it, it, it fell a long time, because there was a few of the beats I forgot, you know, at the start... But the one thing that slaps you in the face more than anything when you're watching it is how quickly it gets into him changing to Tom yeah. Hanks. It's as if, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying I'm fucking oil painting, but that lad who plays Josh, he's a bit of a fucking ugly fucker, isn't he? They're trying to make him look like <laughs> Tom, Tom yeah, Hanks, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's trying to look like Tom Hanks. I don't know, he's got to look like, you know, he looks like that little wanker off Coronation Street, Simon, who, who's, I don't know if you watch it, Dave. He's about no. 24, he's got kids and everything, and he's supposed to be like this 16, 17 year old kid. When he was young, a bit like Chesney off Corrie, he was a really cute kid, and everyone's like, oh, Chesney's great, and he had Smichael and all, and he's still in it. And oh, I remember like, Chesney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, Chesney's still in it. He's got a, a fucking schnoz bigger than mine now, Dave. Definitely hasn't. <laughs> Followed him, his, his boyish good looks. But then this fucking Simon's the same. He's got, like, he's got a receding fucking hairline, like a Kevin Keegan haircut. And then you're supposed to believe he's like some young kid. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, the, the kid who plays, I'm not convinced. I know they're trying to make him look like Tom Hanks and the hair and everything. But yeah, it was very quick how it it goes on. I mean, his friend Dave. I mean, we're going multiverses again now, Dave. So obviously we've John Hurt's in this again. You know, Kevin McAllister's dad and fucking James Marshall's dad last week from Gladiator, whatever he was called in that, you know, so we know and that's Robert a... Logier. Robert Logier. So it's that a is full... the Robert Logier trilogy, isn't it? Yeah, not, not the Logier, Dave, the Logier. <laughs> yeah, not Logier. I finally call him properly now, Robert Logier. So it's the full, this is a full multiverse that we're going down, but the kid who actually is his best friend, Dave, is also the kid who fucking bullies Rocky's son in Rocky Five and becomes his mate when he steals his jacket. So he's, oh, really? he's come full, yeah, he's come full <laughs> circle, so we've got Rocky Five, so we've got actually got a boxing link again this week Dave somehow I don't know if I've linked that but there you go but no I think <clears throat> that's what surprised me and, it wasn't and I mean I'm not I'm not doubting your research um but is this one of those where he looks a little bit like that no right kid? let's fucking no no it is I'm telling you right, let, let me investigate so what year then. was Rocky 5 because uh, 1990 am, not that I doubted it Chris but I've just gone to Jared Rushton's uh, IMDB page and I'm searching for Rocky and weirdly nothing is coming back <laughs> <laughs> anyway back to, back to the young Josh looking like a man child right Dave let's, let's go back to <laughs> you fuck off Dave <laughs> <laughs> let me investigate I'm intrigued who this who is this kid I mean, I'm the sure timeline would probably check out, I guess. 
I mean, even though, uh, so, oh, when was Rocky Five? Rocky Five was um, 1990, wasn't it? So it'd have been two years after this. So, so the timeline sort of checks out. Right. Let Let's investigate, Dave. Let's Let's just Chris Phelps investigates. I'm on it now. You've You've done me by doing that. that is, honestly, <laughs> you've absolutely done it. <laughs> oh, he's not even in the fucking credits on IMDb. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Right, I'll have an investigate afterwards. Anyway, back to, back to the movie, Dave. So back he looks the like the kid. Um, All right, he, he may change his name by default, Dave. Like, maybe we, it's it's a different multiverse. It's like when you had. You know, in in the Spider-Man movie, you know, you had Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in there. <laughs> Maybe it's that sort of multiverse. <laughs> yeah, but they look nothing like each other. <laughs> exactly, it's like that sort of multiverse. <laughs> right, right. So, so let me get back to fucking action now, okay? Let me get back to it. So, I was dead shocked that within ten minutes, Josh is, is actually. Changed. I think that's pretty poor, if I'm being honest. I know it's to get to the the good bits of it, but you'd think that we'd see a day in the life of Josh where everywhere he goes, people are calling him out, you know, for being small and being, you know, and all this. And he and he's had this and he, a bit of dialogue with his best mate where he's like, "I'm sick to death of this. I'm, you know, I'm so small." But but he gets rejected by this girl who is about two foot taller than him. So how he thinks he's got a chance with yeah. day, But we've all dreamed as kids. Today, we've all dreamed, and then. He literally just goes and goes straight to the Zoltar thing, doesn't he? And, and that's it. The end and the next day, he's, he's you know, he's, he's an adult. I'm not saying that I enjoyed the film, I'll, I'll be honest, I enjoyed it. But that bit, I think, is pretty weak and it's, pro- it's pretty poor that I, I would have wanted. And maybe just five minutes more or some more dialogue to back it all up. But literally, because he can't fucking get it off of this, you know, the, the high school sweetheart, he goes, right, that's it, I want to be big. I'm not saying we all, Dave. I'm 44, so I want to be fucking big, but I'll, ne- I'll never have a fucking 10 inch cock. But, he's, and, you know, I tried it with Zoltar, he's having none of it. So, I don't know about you, but for me, it just feels very rushed to get to Tom Hanks, really, to be honest. Yeah, I had the same observ- observation, to be honest, that it just happened so quickly. You know, it, it was just almost straight in there, wasn't it? You know, and you got the setup where the kids are playing, the, uh, they, they're going back home. You know, and and they're uh, doing the little kind of song that they have, this little made-up song that they have between them, which will come into it later on. We hardly know Josh at all, but like I say, he's too short for the ride. That's it. Oh, this is a life-changing event, you know. (laughs) Distraught. Like I say, probably another five minutes. If, If they'd have made this today, they'd have stretched that out a bit more. I think yeah. they'd have made you you really feel like this was an impediment to him. You know, it wasn't just this one-off event that he was just a little bit pissed off about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess they they just wanted to get to the Tom Hanks stuff earlier on, didn't they? And you know, the one thing I'd say, Chris, you know, in more recent years, you've got Shazam, which definitely took a lot from this uh, this movie. Good call. Yeah. But when he, when he turns into like what's it Zach, Zachary Levy or what, what however you pronounce his name, yeah, he becomes younger. Like you know, so you've that. got a kid. Yes. Yeah, you've got a Excellent. kid, and the kid's trying to act like like a thirteen year old, like trying to act cool. You know, trying to act uh, you know grown up and stuff. But when it gets to the adult. 
I, I think Tom Hanks does it, and I think in Shazam they do it. They they overshoot how young they're playing that character. So he, he becomes younger than young Josh. You know what? That is an unbelievable observation. I'm going to give you this week's VHS Strikes Back Award. Guys. We've never given it. <laughs> it's great for a weekly episodes. show. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, but I'm completely in agreement. That is the one thing, watching it now, which stands out more than anything. Because the... the Young Josh, as in the, you know the the original Josh, he wants to get his leg over, doesn't he? He wants to cop off with this blonde piece, you know what I mean? And and he's absolutely in there. He, she's the love of his life. He absolutely loves her. Um, and but you are completely right. Watching it this time, it's bizarre because he he, he literally goes from being like, what's he supposed to be? Twelve, thirteen years old. And and the, but then it, so he's twelve, isn't he? Yeah. And then he has his birthday to go into. 13. Sorry, that's it. Yeah. So he's supposed to be thirteen. However, he's acting as if he's about seven or eight, Tom Hanks. From the minute he becomes the character, it's so bizarre. And I still can't believe that they didn't pick up on that. I'm not saying his performance isn't good, because there's some bits that are, like, quite interesting. But the fact that Josh is at that hormone stage, he's probably got a fucking crusty old sock under his bed, realistically. (laughs) Um, But then when he becomes an adult, he's completely naive to what's going on with Elizabeth Perkins' character, who I've got to say, Dave, always had the uh, some sort of charm that Chris Phelps liked, even in the Flintstones as well. So, uh, you know, as as Wilma. But but no, yeah, so I think that's it. When when, when he actually becomes an adult, and then obviously... you get the whole scene when he gets up. None of his clothes fit Dave, but he's undies fit, quite conveniently. You know, <laughs> he's undies fit, and then his mum's It's like the Hulk, he, though, isn't it? You know, his, yeah, his yeah. pants always stretchy enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're fucking... <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not being funny, Dad. The, the one bit always tickles me is when he fucking looks down in his undies, and I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure mine's been the same since I was fucking 12, but there you go. <laughs> I don't think everyone else around me's grown, but I think mine's stayed the same. Is that but, it? But, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a quite a, a funny little bit, and the, and there's some good bits because like his mum, what's weird is like his mum. One minute she's hysterical, and she's crying, and the next minute she's pulled a knife and gone full on fucking John Matrix, aren't she? You know, because it's a son, she's angry, <laughs> and he legs it, doesn't he? He legs it out the house. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a weird. It's it's a, sorry. He goes to the school first of all, doesn't he? Then comes back, but it's a weird dynamic yeah. and everything with like his mum because he wipes his feet and all that and. That's what struck me more than anything. Is Tom Hanks plays a great part, but it's just that I can't believe the director or someone didn't say, "Hang on a minute, you're playing this a little bit too coy." I suppose it's one of them, though. The, the, the scenes of Elizabeth Perkins, where obviously she, she's invested in him. If it, if it had been Josh pre fucking becoming an adult, he'd have been like a fucking rat up a drain pipe one day. So it's weird. There's no there's no context to, to why that's happened, or he's he's almost regressed in his mind, but his body hasn't. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I don't know. In the eighties, they it didn't really care. I, I'm sure we'll get on to more of that stuff. But I guess it's a hard one to play, isn't it? Because if they if they want to do a bit of a saucy wish fulfillment scene later on, you know, if you played if you played young Josh as like seven or eight, it becomes really wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then not that thirteen isn't, but um, I I don't know. I I could see why the filmmakers would steer clear of that one. But yeah, I I think it, it, it's an observation, but it it doesn't take away from the you know. I I think I could still lose myself in the movie, and I can still go with the fact that. 
you know, for a split second, I'm thinking, well, he's, he's acting younger than young Josh. But then I can get over it. And then I'm just watching Tom Hanks. And I think, I, I love his character. I love how he plays the role, you know, even though it is, is a bit younger, the innocence of it, you know. And I, I didn't have to laugh. You know, when he goes to see Billy, I mean, Billy is, uh, he must be street smart, but I'm just wondering... <laughs> What has he experienced in life? Because literally, as soon as uh, Josh, you know, adult Josh, Tom Hanks Josh, says to him, like, <laughs> <Exactly>. you know, <laughs> it, it's me, it's me, Josh. He's like, ah! <laughs> and he's yeah. running away. It's like, stranger danger. This, yeah. You've been in this situation before, sir. So yeah. <laughs> but he takes it straight away, doesn't he? You know, I know we've got yeah. to go with the film, but he takes it that it's him because he sings the song, doesn't he? It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Like oh that's it. He couldn't gosh. possibly have kidnapped Josh and got him to to say about something that you know only the two of them would know. Uh, that, that couldn't possibly happen. It's like, all right, hey, it's you, Josh. Nice one. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? Are we going to get around this? So, so yeah, I'm with you. I think that that's what's bizarre with it, with him. And then obviously Billy robs his his dad's fucking bedside cabinet. They end up in New York, don't they? They go to a proper shitty place. But there's no like you know, you'd think because obviously Josh is like, Oh my god, I'm an adult. I know Billy they go around a couple of arcades, but it's like that decision to you need a job. You know what I mean? He's yeah. never worked, he's never passed the fucking you know, he's got a CV there, but he goes for a job. And I'm thinking, this would have been national news that this kid has gone missing and some bloke yeah. in the house with the mum that she's chased <laughs> out with a knife. This would be all over the news, wouldn't it? And obviously there'd be questions asked to Billy because Billy's parents would be like, well, you're going nowhere. Someone's come into their next door's house and stolen their kids. You're staying as close to us as possible. No, his parents yeah, just go, yeah. you just carry on about your day. You just fucking, <laughs> Josh will come back when he's ready. And with this, <clears throat> that's what I think is really weird is this timeline of Josh like going to the shittiest, dingiest apartment gets the job next minute he's in a he, he works for a couple of days we don't really see the apartment again the shitty one but the next minute he's in this penthouse how much money's he earning Dave in New York to earn this fucking massive <laughs> penthouse straight away so the, the leaps in this are I think in 2023 are ridiculous but I think watching it I've never noticed and I still go with the film I agree with you I'm still going with it it's still an enjoyable film because Tom Hanks he's, he's great as an older Josh in, in this yeah, I guess he, he gets his first job, doesn't he? It's just data entry or something like that. You know, all fairly straightforward for him. You could see that, you know, a kid would be able to do that. This was a, a bit of a transition, wasn't it? You know, in, into people starting to use computers at work and things. So, you know, and, and Josh might have had one. Maybe he had one at home or at school or something like that. But I, I guess I can just about go with that. But then the <laughs> it, it's pure 80s nonsense, though, isn't it? You know, the fact that, oh, look, you know, he's got some great ideas. Let's let's invite you onto our executive team because <laughs> to the actually, board. Chris, this, yeah, so you just can be part of the board because you, you, you know, seem to have good insight into children. Why is that? That seems a bit strange <laughs> and predatory. Um, <laughs> With Jimmy Savile book. <laughs> 
So it's just, uh, again, I'm kind of going with it, but it is utter nonsense, you know, that he gets invited to the board. Um, but, you know, in terms of the iconic bits, Chris, I mean, that's where he meets Paul and Susan. And I have to say now when I'm watching it, I'm like, what exactly is that sort of relationship? Because they're, they're kind of together, you know, she's... She's with Paul, you know, Kevin McAllister's dad, leaving his multiple lives with his uh, <laughs> elder son in He's uh, low Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> He's low-key. With his, yeah, underground boxing fighting elder son and then Kevin McAllister as well in his other life. And then he's here banging Susan, you know, and but she's in his, she's actually living in his apartment. I, so I, I just a bit perplexed by it and again I, I think the pace of it it all happens quite so quickly doesn't it yeah it's funny to say that because I'm, I'm with you I, I think what's really strange is she basically cheats on fucking Kevin McAllister's dad you know yeah. and, and and nothing nothing is said nothing is think Paul in it but he, she cheats on Paul and it's like you just said Paul but, but I think it's weird because and what's weird about watching it Dave they're both smoking She's there. Yeah, and, yeah. And what's also strange, right? So, you know, you look at, like, Home Alone and you've got the toy the toy shop in New York and it's a bloke who runs a toy shop. Fucking Robert Loge's character is literally running a toy shop in New York but also produces his own toys, like his Mattel. Yeah. What's going yeah. on? He's, like, he's got this fucking Willy Wonka factory in the back there making the best toys in the world from his fucking New York shop that he's renting on Fifth Avenue. And it's like... How is that even possible? Like, what, what, what? How successful is your store that you've got all these fucking, you know, suits fucking deciding on these toys and that? It's bizarre, isn't it? It's like really, yeah. it's really. <laughs> when you think of that dynamic, I'm just like that. Seems, but I mean, the most Honestly, impressive. Thing, go on, go on, sorry, go on, go on. No, 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 go on. I was going to say that last bit. The most impressive thing about Robert Loge's character, right, and the most fascinating Mr. McMillan is. Who the fuck decided to dye his hair ginger? Because it looks ridiculous. He's like, he's got grey hair. He's obviously trying to make him look younger. I don't know. It looks fucking awful, Dave. It's just like he's going to some punk fucking fancy dress do or something. It's ridiculous. Like some, like some uh, 1970s punk reunion, but in 2023. Yeah, <laughs> you know, someone is trying to recapture, you know, the uh, the punk years, but they they're like 70. I, I I agree. You know, so much of what you said there, it it struck me as well. It's like, huh, you're basically wanting to compete with, you know, Mattel or, you know, Hasbro or something like that and create your own toys. You you literally the the name dropping the Transformers several yes. times. And I was like, this is a bit fucking weird. But I again, you know, we're clearly this I I was going to say it's a kids film, but it's kind of not, is it? You know, because it's all about, you know, that in between a stage, so, you know, kids but but slash teenagers. This this is the sweet spot for me you know that that's where it's aimed but then you know even I, I, I don't know I guess it didn't occur to us back then did it you know so 
we didn't care. I guess it, when they made this, they didn't necessarily think, you know, all these years, nearly 40 years later, someone would be like, oh, well, the continuity in this is all over the shop. <laughs> you know, he would never be the manufacturer of his own toys and the design thinking workshops, you know, to, to come up with the ne- next toy for Christmas or something. So, yeah, but, but it is nonsense. It is nonsense, and and I, I am questioning Susan more than ever watching this because Paul's a bell end and he's a bell end, but morally, he's a fucking boyfriend. And what 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 I don't like yeah. about Susan's character, I always had a bit of a thing for her, Dave. I know I know, like some people, she might not be some people's cup of tea, but as a kid growing up, we all know about my Helga story. Now she's not Helga. <laughs> has dropped properly Bridget Nielsen as we we sort of deciphered watching Melville's Cop 2 but the idea of like you know a woman she, she, you know she can show you the ropes and that Dave was always the dream <laughs> probably all of us it was it was the dream for me I'm not even going to lie it was the dream so I always had a, a thing for Elizabeth Perkins like in a couple of movies she did after this as well but yeah I've got a question of morals here Dave because Paul gets fucked off well, no he's a bell end and that's the whole point of his character but she She's with him. She's in their flat, and oh, but a flat—it's a penthouse thing, whatever it is. They're obviously paid handsomely, but then she looks at this guy because he ends up becoming vice president of fucking like you know the whatever he yeah, is, yeah. and she thinks, "Aye, aye, I can get up the ladder here," you know. And the, yeah, and she, yeah, yeah. And and, and that's what I, I don't think now that wouldn't fly at all, and I get it. But for her self she is basically a, a, a social climber not social it's, i yeah. suppose industry climber that's not in a bad way i just i just think it it doesn't do a good job of doing that because paul as much as he's a knob she's like well fuck paul paul who who, who is that you know what i mean like so it's weird isn't it it's a really weird dynamic and I do like the bit though when they go on the dates and then he takes her back to the fucking apartment and she's in the bed in his pajamas on a bunk bed thinking she's going to get a bit of action and he jumps <laughs> on the top bunk. Now that is proper kids naivety, isn't it? And then he's pissing about and all this sort of thing and she's like, "Well, what's going on here? Is this, you know, is this guy for real? Is he is he a real gentleman? I'm not bothered if you're not a gentleman. Get in here." So I do like that <laughs> dynamic of it because it's just funny, isn't it? It's usually the bloke who gets let down, David. You know, like typical bloke, all of us thinking, you, you oh, hang on a minute, there's a chance. And he's, he's just like, no, nah, I'm going to sleep. Night, night. <laughs> Don't let the bed bugs bite. So, yeah, I do like some of the things. <laughs> but you're right. I, I mean, we were weirdly in tune today because I, I thought the same thing. I, I just thought absolute corporate ladder climber, you know, Paul used to be the star of the show, but clearly his ideas are being superseded now by Josh. And so it's like, oh, well, I'll have a bit of that then. You know, you can say, if you let go of that, you can still see that, you know, she 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 does like him. But yeah, the, the, the way she was kind of in, his apart- in Paul's apartment initially just made me think, oh, this... This is a bit more, you know, wrong than I thought. And I'm, I don't know, maybe maybe they were trying to convey that or maybe they were saying it's the 80s so no one gives a fuck, it's all dog-eat-dog, dog, you know, and so this is this is okay behaviour. But, yeah, I, I felt that was off as well with, with her character. And when, you know, she goes back to his and, you know, it's that line, isn't it? You know, 
he's he's asking, you know, oh, do you want to stay over? You mean for a sleepover? So like, okay, but I get to be on top. <laughs> and she's still she's still thinking, okay, I'm in for some action here. Um, she does look rather lovely, I have to say, Chris, in just the, mm. you, you know, like the pajamas. Basically, there's nothing particularly sexy about them, but they, you know, quite a, quite an iconic scene. But again, I have to point out what we were talking about earlier, that this is 13-year-old Josh, right? The, the, he wouldn't be that naive. He would if he was seven or eight, though, wouldn't he? You know? Yeah. And, and so, again, quite an iconic moment, but I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's not, not really realistic, is he? I mean, no. he'd be touching the fucking ceiling like all night. I'm sure if he was Fuck on that top me. bunk. I tell you what, Dave. Yeah, exactly. The fucking mattress would be pushing down if he lay on his front, wouldn't it? I would be. I agree. I agree with that. The whole thing that you just said, I can, I completely with you. And I think what gets me, Dev, I've got to call out the police in this fucking movie. We don't see him really, other than when fucking Billy's getting his clothes and does a runner after he first gone. And he rings his mum, doesn't he, as adult Josh, and he's chatting to her, and it's like. They'd have a fucking wire on the phone, wouldn't they? They'd have something to try and find this kid. Nobody gives a fuck about it. The police, there's just nothing. It's not like we see news reports, like, you know, like a bit of foreshadowing in the background, like, oh, yeah, we're bringing reports. You know, it's been two months now and we've still not found Josh and blah, 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 and his mum and dad are... Yeah. They, the mum, to be fair, she, she she's upset about him, but she's still going on with her daily life. You, that would be it. You would be out, and I wouldn't miss on anybody, but you would be out every single day. So there's a lot of stuff that, as a movie, they don't touch on. They just touch on the fact that Josh has gone and become an adult and living his best fucking life for nearly three months. Forget his mum and dad and the, the outer family or anything. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. But as long as he's having a good time, and that's what I think watching it this time is so weird because like you said we both agreed on the the age thing his, his mental capacity to do that but then then it, what I think happens is there's loads of it feels like I know there's an extended version there's another, there's one that's like on for 130 minutes so it, I know it sounds daft Dave but I probably would watch that and mm. it's, this is on this is on Disney so it's not the Prime or Netflix VHS Strikes Back special where it's going to disappear it's on there but I would like to watch the extended one because I feel that there's a lot of context missing out of the released one and I know it's iconic it made a load of money and uh, people love this movie I get it but I just feel at times now I would love a bit more to, to Josh's character with his family as well the, the what was the the, the sort of um the, the breakout from that what happened how did his mum and dad mm-hmm. cope not not too much I'm not saying we need like a full on depressing movie but I think I think just these bits now watching it that I just don't think stand up like 36 years later or whatever it is it, it, it feels like these rush bits because we get Josh enjoying himself getting with Susan but then when they have a bit together Josh then becomes this adult, doesn't he? Because he's like sold his oats and he fucks Billy off and he's wearing a suit now and he's all busy in here and I can't... But but again, it happens dead quick again. That mm. turn from Josh wearing jeans and fucking Hawaii shirts and coming to that bloody formal dress thing, dressed like he's somehow out of fucking The Wedding Singer or something. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber, basically. <laughs> That's obviously where the suit must have come from. But he is, isn't it? It's very... It's very quick. The start and the end just seem to wrap themselves up really quick for me, and I just wanted a little bit more. I wanted a bit more of Billy playing on Josh's conscience of, like, you need to remember who you are. Your mum and dad miss you. And it literally, it takes him having a go at him once for him to start. I've got to say, question it. Nobody questions the man in a fucking 
suit and overcoat at a fucking school fucking picture shooting <laughs> and walking around playgrounds and everything just watching <laughs> everybody doe-eyed no one yeah, no, questioned that shit no no doe-eyed looking at all these kids <laughs> playing fucking basketball and everything it's fucking weird that bit Dave <laughs> now it really do is remember, do you remember Rita Bob and Sue too when, yeah. when you had the fucking lechy bloke just watching the girls yeah, all playing yeah. tennis <laughs> tennis comes to the school Bob <laughs> Oh, the other one, yeah, the other lecture one, yeah, yeah. Like, Fuck off, you, you know, all this, but it's like, well, it's a bit fucking bizarre, but let's see what this is. The 80s. Yeah, it's, just, it's fine, no worry, Dave. Nobody will be traumatised. <laughs> now, Chris, you, you've used the words there, and you've hinted at it a little bit. You talked about Josh becoming an adult, which he does first, but then he becomes a man. I mean, where where do you sit on this uh, this whole debate about kind of the fact that he is just literally turned 13 you know his birthday is you know you see adult josh you know and uh billy brings him a cake and everything so you know gets to have his way and uh but he is still 13 mentally chris well, I think th- there is a wider picture, and it's something. I mean, look, it's not Gal Gadot fucking Wonder Woman. Like, you know, let's let's get honest there, Dave, because that's dodgy as fuck. But it just seems to get a pass because it's a bloke. Yeah, but it's, I, if he, and it's Gal Gadot, it, well, it, it, yeah, everyone's I, like, yeah, this is okay. Just possess that guy's body. He's got no fucking uh, say in any of this at all, and use him as his fucking sex toy. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's I'm all not fine. Saying, I'm not saying that I would be complaining, Dave. However, <laughs> this film would not work, and let's be honest, this film would not work if the main character was a 13-year-old girl becoming a woman. It doesn't work, yeah. Dave. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. And, and me being Chris, all right, joking aside and everything, and that, that, that as, a, as a parent and that, it's, it just doesn't work. You can't make a film like this anymore. So you could make everything about this movie other than the romance side of it. You, yeah. you, you couldn't get away with it at all and quite rightly but but I also think Chris being sleazy fucking you know pulling one off at this point in my life Dave this was the dream <laughs> so uh, I had total respect for Josh but from a moral point of view no yeah I, and 100% agree with what you're saying there Chris you, you look at it slightly differently as a parent and you're thinking I would not be okay with this but as a 13 year old boy I would be so <laughs> okay with that. this yeah, yeah, no, I know <laughs> That fucking I would be more uh, yeah. than okay with this. I would, you know, literally, I, I could die and go to heaven then. <laughs> you yeah. know, bit, yeah. that'd be how I was thinking back then. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it, it's mad how you think one is yourself and then one is a parent. But yes, it wouldn't work <laughs> if it was a, if it was a girl, a 13 year old girl, got missing and became an adult. Not a chance. This would be. It wouldn't have been made in '88, would it? It's it's a weird acceptance <laughs> that it's okay for a lad to do that. And, and also, it's she's repeated though over and over again, isn't it? Like you say, with the even as recent as the Wonder Woman movie, but you know, uh, Weird Science we covered as well, where I think they're a little bit older. I think they might be fourteen or fifteen. Uh, but you know, having a good old snog with Kelly LeBrock there, you know, and that's all completely fine. Yeah, it, and, and, and Kelly LeBrock. I mean, she she talks about that, doesn't she? How like she was fourteen and all that, you know, and she was. It was a very, even then, it was quite a controversial scene, wasn't it? You know, for him to play out. But but I think the way they do it with this, once he decides he's going to become, 
you know, or try and find the Zoltar machine, which again, I agree with you, Dave, iconic. If I ever see the Zoltar machine, I always go over and see if I can put some money in it. I have done, you know, or something similar, you know, like you've seen the machines and that. And it is such an iconic pop culture movie, this. This is like what we talked about when they're doing the VHS strikes back, not you taking down a lot us down a Lauren Avedon fucking route like you have done Dave over the years <laughs> but this was what this movie's about into iconic scenes the piano you know Tom Hanks yeah. becoming an adult you know the whole Zoltar these are all things that we think about and we were going to do the podcast like all them years ago so, so, so I do like all that and I like the fact that when he goes back to the machine it's a proper windy like seafront mm. thing you know and all that um and and you've got that little bit of magic there, aren't you? Almost I tell you I tell you also what, Dave, another movie we've done which is very similar to this, but it is Mr. Destiny, which obviously ripped off from yeah, Big. Yeah, you yeah. know the idea of he's gotta find Michael Caine, Annie, and he wants to be you, you know, drink the milk, he wants to be sort of back to his old life and all that, you know, if he'd mm-hmm. only hit that ball, you know, you know, that would have been it for him, wanting to set up for life and all that. And and this is very similar, obviously Destiny definitely ripped it off this it was 92 when that came out and I do like that and and, and I think at the end when she realises and she sees Billy and she's like she obviously is in love with him like you're completely right she gets feelings for him she's in, in love with Josh sorry and then she comes to like the where Billy had said that the Zoltar machine was and it she accepts it then because what changes then what gets me is there's a scene that's very clever he goes to kiss her and she kisses him on the forehead before he's changed mm, Tom Hanks yeah, I like that, I that. she yeah, realises yeah. there's, there's a couple of little things at the end that are very very subtle um, but I do love the way that he changes I do like that scene Dave it's like a blink yeah. and you'll miss it and she puts it and it just works with the suit so I do think it ends nicely and, and all that but that little thing where she kisses him on the head he's very very clever I'll give him that yeah, I mean, it got really fucking wrong if she wanted to get saucy then, wouldn't it? But, <laughs> and, and I agree that <laughs> I'm going to be an arsehole here. I'm, I'm gonna, you've been very, very serious there. And that, that is a sweet, sweet scene and, and when he changes and stuff. But I'm, I'm going to do the opposite, Chris. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to take it down a route because honestly, I think my favourite line, and, and picture the scene, right? So it's, it's been a few years since I've watched this. And so I don't remember individual bits. You remember the iconic bits, but not the bits of dialogue in between. And honestly, when, you know, he's obviously missing home. You know, I know where the movie ends and I know he's got to come clean and everything. But when he, when she says he's got to admit to something and she goes, oh my God, you're married? Because he says like he misses his family. And honestly, Chris, I mean, you don't, I don't know about you, but like when I'm watching movies, I don't tend to laugh out loud that quickly. But when she says that line, oh my God, you're married, like very quickly in my brain, I'm thinking, oh, please say, no, I'm a child. Please say, no, I'm a child. Please say, no, I'm a child. And then he says it like, no, I'm a child. And I'm thinking, oh, you thought being married was the worst thing. No, I'm actually a child. And then, so, you know, she, she she takes it rather well, to be fair. But then, I'm thinking, when... The, and it's a great scene, you're right. When he transitions from, you know, adult Josh to young Josh. What the hell is going through her head? 
you know, she's literally in the car watching him do the, you know, and he transitioned, and he's now a little boy, and he looks back, and she's thinking, shit, I banged that kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's going to be in therapy for ages. <laughs> yeah, for that is life-changing. Uh, yeah, she'd probably be in a fucking mental institute or something. I mean, that, that would fuck you up, surely. 100%. I can't believe how much we're in agreement watching this. I think <laughs> we know these movies like that, you know, this is what we take the mick out of and that. But but watching it, you're like, hang on a fucking minute. This, there's all sorts wrong with this iconic movie. You know, it doesn't... And I've not seen it on telly for a long time there. I know it's on Disney. And obviously it's there, it's it, it's thingy, but it's it's so bizarre, isn't it? It really is bizarre. Like, the, the whole... Ending these loads of like you've just you've just lined and teed me up for another question now that after we've done the podcast I'm actually going to care about I don't know fucking why I'm going to be like what well, did you think she had therapy like Chris shut the fuck up it doesn't matter it's the end of the movie <laughs> that's it but, but there is them questions in there of like well she would have been mentally scarred there for a long time she probably never got in a relationship for a long time after this you know I'm thinking too much here but I just love the fact that Josh just strolls back into the house, Dave, takes his shoes off, doesn't he? And, and then he's, he's like, hello, hello, I'm back. And his mum's like, Josh, is that you? Well, yeah, you've been waiting to hear his voice for, what, three months now? He's just strolled back into the fucking kitchen or the living room. And, and we don't get to see that, do we? And it just ends. I don't know if that's the right choice now, looking at it, but... It, it, I, I think it might be. I, I mean, can you imagine, Chris, if they did like a Cobra Kai type thing where they continue, you know, in real time and then they pick up their lives and we find out that Susan did a 10 stretch because under intense police questioning, Josh lets it slip that, you know, she, he'd been to New York and then uh, slept with Susan. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be in that orange jumpsuit before the end of this fucking film, won't she? Exactly. That's a good point, that, actually, Dave. Very good point. But I de- it's weird how we're in sync with this sort of thing with this one because I didn't intentionally come in to take the piss, but I was like, I've got to speak to Dave about this. And it's just stuff that doesn't sit well with me now. But yeah, no, I've enjoyed it. It was a great pick. I mean, this was one we have talked about. Not like saying we've got to do big, but we've talked about it, haven't we? We know other podcasts have done it yeah. in the past that we've talked about and said, oh, I want to do that. And I'm really interested to see um, where, like, the, I've got a couple of 80s movies around this time. Not not necessarily big. I don't think I'll ever pick Vice Versa because I, I know Fred Savage is in it as, like, the son and it's Judge Rhino, but... I'm just, I don't think I've got the legs because I think it's going to be fucking awful. This is the pinnacle of these sort of child swap movies more than anything to become an adult. I advisor, suspect. I yeah, mean, I don't want to waste another it. pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, well, it's the year is 2030. Chris has done that pretty good movie, enjoys. But I don't know. I reckon, you know, like we've pointed out with this, like with Weird Science and that, just around this time, it's totally okay to be inappropriate, you know, uh, because it's wish fulfillment. I suspect in that there might be a bit of questionable antics as well. I, I, I've seen yeah. it, I, you know, and I, I think it's one of those movies, isn't it, that gets done over and over again with, like, different characters. I seem to remember there's, there's an earlier one with, like, Jodie Foster, which vice versa, which the Judge Reinhold one was, was after. And then more recently than that, like, I, I think there's a Lindsay Lohan one, isn't there? Yes. 
So I, I think it's one of those that's been done over and over again. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind doing that one at some point. Yeah, let's see. I'm not wasting a fucking pick just yet, Dave. Okay? <laughs> I'm not wasting a pick. I've done that too many times this year. But anyway, shall we get into our scores? Let's go. So, mate, brilliant pick. I've loved this. It's so fun. I'm going to be pissing myself listening back to this one. Uh, but I think I still think it's a good movie. I still think Tom Hanks is great in it. The setting of New York, you know, the, the late 80s. The ideas are ridiculous. The fact that he just bumps into the main boss and he likes the fact that he's going to the posting room and he's hustling and he gives him a fucking job when he starts saying about a couple of the toys on the board is stuff of dreams, Dave. <laughs> this is Chris Phelps' career path that I've dreamt of, getting in the board for doing fuck all. You know, I've, I've tried a few times and got in positions, even in my, my current job where I, my mouth's got me in great positions, but then you've got to back it up, Dave, and that's usually when I fall down. So I do like Josh's hustle. And I love the piano scene and, and all that. So, and Zoltai, so iconic. But there's just so many stupid things looking back now that just don't make any sense and just wouldn't work. So I think I don't think it's aged greatly, if I'm being honest. But it's still a fun movie. I'm not... I was going to say it's a family movie. I'm not sure necessarily it is. But I think people of our age, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's iconic. I, I wouldn't necessarily show it my kids. They can go, oh, look, it's a great idea, this. Uh, but... Oh, my kid, Dave, you know, I've only got one child, actually, you know, who is an adult. Let's just get that right. There's no uh, CSA after me, Dave, or anything. I'm just throw that in there. So what I would say is I will put it in Hill Valley again. I think I've done this a couple of times recently, but I think it's just in the middle. I think it's, it's, it's a good movie. It's fun. It's so iconic but there's just such ridiculous leaps and I just don't like the start now watching it. It's too quick that we get this changing from Josh and everyone just goes with it because he's refused to go on a ride it's just ridiculous there's no real context to all this so yeah Hill Valley to me Dave you know uh, just to digress for a minute I, I, I don't think I have shown this one to my kids and I, I'm just very quickly mentally figuring out should I you know it is an iconic 80s movie I've, I've been trying to you know make them watch some of the classics you know, Predator, watch Commando the other week. <laughs> Bringing <laughs> them up right, Dave. You know, Bringing them up right. Watching Lost Boys and stuff like that. So, you know, at least once a month we try and go through, uh, you know, a classic. It's coming up to Christmas, Chris, so uh, Life of Brian will be on at some point. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would watch, you know, because of the, the wrongness I think kids are in tune with that shit a lot yes. more than we were. Yeah. You know, and I, I can't remember if I discussed this with you on or off podcast, so apologies if I'm repeating myself. But when we were watching, what was that, uh, the reality show, My Mum, Your Dad? Yes. And, you know, there, there was one bit where they all have like a school disco, you know. So these are all people in their 40s and 50s and then they all dress up in like school gear and stuff. And, you know, it's all a bit of fun. They're having a great time listening to 80s music and all that. And uh, my, my eldest daughter's like, it's a bit noncy that, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I agree I was, with her. What? What? what, yeah. what? What, what are you talking about? This is just a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? She might have a <laughs> something yeah. there. Something I've just taken for granted in my whole fucking life. 
that this is all a bit of fun to dress up as like you know schoolgirls and schoolboys and I and I'm like oh shit maybe that that is a thing that I just should have been questioning a lot more yeah, I, I I felt that for, for a long time. We like the film Saint Trinians and stuff, and that's not to be the moral yeah. high ground, but you've seen it when you were at school, or you'd see like women with the, the pigtails, the like the little mini skirt things and all that, and you'd be like, oh yeah. But when when you actually take a step back, I think you do it right, Dave. I, I've said to you before yeah. the line out of the Sweeney. I've mentioned it on this podcast. Dennis Walkman's driving down the road, and they've got the driver. I think he's called. I think he's called. George, the driver, or Terry, I think George was his character, but they're driving and they go past the school and Dennis Walkman, who's a copper, goes, oh, fucking love a good school girl, me. And this is like something from the 70s and you're like, holy fuck, how many variety shows have we watched growing up in the 80s and, and skits like that, where you get the big boobed woman with the pigtails and she's got like the... the, the the shirt open showing a bra and a boobs and she's got the mini skirt and the high heels and all that stuff Dave and and that's because and it is like a, a Halloween outfit in some respects isn't it but mm. like yeah, yeah. less and less that is shown now because it's like hang on a minute that is a little yeah. bit strange you know like especially when old grandad in the corner goes oh this takes me back you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. it's just it's wrong, wrong isn't it? it's so wrong it is it is. It's just wrong. So anyway, we've gone on a proper tangent. <laughs> so what did you score it, Dave? Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to come back to my wrap up thoughts because, you know, we poked a bit of fun in it or poked a lot of fun in it, and there's so much wrong just in the writing, the pacing of it. It goes far too quickly at the start and and then wraps up pretty quickly at the end. But there are so many iconic bits as well. I, I still love this movie. And so I, I think objectively, you know, there, there are lots of problems with it. But I think the nostalgia pulls it up from where you are. I think for me, it's a Pleasantville. Now, I went into this, Chris, thinking I'm probably going to put this in a cloud city. But the amount of things kind of wrong with it, I, I just pulled it down a bit. And I know there's probably people listening like you fucking parabellans this is cloud city all day long but no i think for me it is a pleasantville it's just you know great iconic movies great iconic bits completing our robert Lozier trilogy chris um but yeah no pleasant pleasantville it is Oh, you know, good stuff, mate, good stuff. I'm glad you picked it, because it's one we've chalked off now for finally doing, and it is an 80s iconic movie. Uh, so next week, Dave, where our great friend and patron, Helen, has picked a movie. I've actually seen this one, Dave. I've only seen it once. I think this is when I was renting the free VHSs out, and I had that card of my granddad's many years ago, in the early 90s. But uh, we're going back, Dave, to 1989, and this one is Sharon... Uh, not Sharon Stone, Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas, Sharon Stone, that's another <laughs> movie that I've, I've never picked fucking Basic Instinct, Dave, for obvious reasons, I know exactly at 38 <laughs> minutes and something when all that happened, don't you worry about that, and Sliver, but anyway, <laughs> stop it Chris, stop it, no shoulder jokes, but no, you've got Kathleen Turner, you've got Michael Douglas and you've got Danny DeVito, Dave, so Helen has picked The War of the Roses, so let's get into the trailer. Let's go. Oh. This is the most romantic day of my whole life. Is this story oh, we're going like to tell our grandchildren? Barbara yeah, and Oliver Rose. I, I don't know how I wait a minute, watched wait, wait, what's this, Chris. Your name? I remember seeing the trailer. Yeah, uh, they met. Know, love romance in the that stone. And I'm rain. Julie the Nile. I love it too. Yeah. See the two they agreed on that. Well, you happy? 
I'm more than happy. <laughs> I'm married. This house is so beautiful. It's obviously off, and off we the back of romance in house, the stone. House, car, boy, girl, puppy, kitty. Yeah. But the poor bastard's never had a chance. Your crystal is lovely. Back around. I didn't know anything about this before I met Oliver. <laughs> My mother bought her glasses at the AMP, you know, the kind with the raised... It always starts with the little things. And that phony laugh. Don't worry, enjoy this, Chris. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. maybe overdid it. <laughs> I might have a, a good yeah. perspective on this now. <laughs> if love is blind... I'm going to watch this with salmon. Marriage is like having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> When I watch you eat, when I look at I you lately, I just want to <laughs> smash your face in. Smash my face. Let me in I want a divorce. You can't have one. When a couple starts keeping score, there is no winning. It's only degrees of this losing. Is the third move I am the one who found this house. I bought everything yeah. in it with my money. It's a lot easier to spend than it is to make it, honey bun. You might not have made it if not for me, sweet cakes. Never underestimate her as an adversary. Don't even talk to her, bitch. This is brilliant. Yellow hairs. Yeah. The red hairs. We're going to have to This seems rational. I can't mind you. Got more square footage. These people are going to hurt each other. This is a bit like Mr. Smith, Dave. You know. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. And when trouble begins, it comes at you from directions you'd never well, expect. I, I've not seen that one either. We I haven't passed any point thinking, of no return. Yeah, I have. It's been done before. I'm sorry. I thought you were Barbara. Michael Douglas. Nobody who makes pate this good can be all bad. Kathleen Turner. That depends on what the pate is made of. And Danny DeVito. Sounds like a fairy tale, doesn't it? The War of the Roses, directed by Danny DeVito. I've, I've definitely seen this, this one. Christmas. Christmas. I've personally never seen it. I'm go- I can't wait for next week. Yeah. You are going to be on form. I can just feel it. <laughs> this might be a two-hour podcast, to be honest. Like, Take us back oh, to the yeah, beginning, yeah, Dave. It, <laughs> it, it is like that, yeah. <laughs> This is going to be brilliant. <laughs> oh, thank you, Alan. This is amazing. So, uh, honestly, massive thank you to everyone. We absolutely love movies like this. I would never have picked this one day, but I've definitely seen it. So, I can't wait for your analysis on this one. And if you want to email us, guys, back at gmail.com. If you want surfing lessons, karate lessons, we're still open for business. The uh, Miyagi-Do is still there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you've got a chance, drop us a review on your podcast catching up, guys. We just gets us up into some of them charts. Uh, if you do want to support us, get over to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. So, the roll call of honour, a massive thank you to... Here we go, Dave. Lee, Helen, Dylan, Stephen, Trent, Dan, Justin, Susan, Timothy, Matt, Heath, Kent, Lucky Lulu Green, Herbs, Jacks, Math, Blake, John Hammond, and Mr. Tony Farina. So, thank you so much, guys, for all your support. We really appreciate it, and uh, I'm looking forward to next week. And with this being your pick, Dave, you have got to take us out with a quote, my friend. Oh, fucking hell. I... <laughs> you know, I've been pretty good the last what, few you've months. you've completely but, there must be, uh, there must be something. You know what, Dave? I've said about the child. <laughs> I've, I've got a line that I think is appropriate for both of us. If you want me to take us out, and I think it's something that through our lives we've both wished this, Dave, and we've both wished we had a Zoltar machine. And it's just a simply a five-letter line, and it all I'm going to say is, Dave, I wish I were big. <laughs> 
awesome stuff well thank you very much sir thanks for indulging me thanks for taking us on this therapy session (laughs) thanks to all our listeners out there thanks to all our supporters and we'll speak to you next time bye that's it man game over man it's game over what the fuck are we gonna do now what are we gonna do maybe we could build a fire sing a couple of songs huh why don't we try that we better get back because it'll be dark soon and they mostly come at night I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. One ring the bell. All right. Ding, ding. Bust you up. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid fool. Yeah, maybe you're crazy. Ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you in six months.